For the fans in the Midwest, but heard coast to coast. The ones that bleed red and yellow. This is the Another Screenplay Chiefs Podcast. Hello and welcome to your Red Friday edition of the Another Screenplay Chiefs Podcast. Today we will be covering the Broncos coming to Arrowhead on Monday Night Football to face your Kansas City Chiefs and what is kind of a must-win game for both teams. Both teams have lost two straight, and if it's a little bit like the last two games we've played. The Steelers and the Raiders needed a win. They had their backs against the wall and needed a win to keep their seasons alive, and it's the same thing when it comes to the Broncos. Now... I am not nearly as nervous when it comes to the Broncos as I was maybe the Raiders or the Steelers, but it's still something to keep an eye on. And, you know, the Chiefs have had a little bit of a slump the last two weeks, and we've talked and talked about the defense. We'll talk a little bit more about that today as I have gotten to go over more of the film in the All-22 from the Raiders game. And we talked a lot about that on Tuesday with Kyle Herrick, and... Going back over the All-22 film, I saw a lot of things that I did not realize watching in the broadcast, and I wanted to share some of that with you guys. Uh, But the Broncos need this win to keep alive in the AFC West, especially if they want to lead the AFC West at the end of the year. Uh, They're already two games back on the Chiefs, so losing this game would put the Chiefs ahead of them by three games. And that's a big hill to climb. So if the Chiefs can pull this off, get the victory on Monday Night Football, it'll be a huge win, not only to get back in the win column and get back going in the season, but also putting another AFC West team further behind them. The Denver Broncos currently sit number two. Um, so it's it's going to be an interesting game. There's a lot of things to go over But I wanted to talk to you guys a little more about the defense and what I saw uh, versus what I saw in the broadcast. And I think that a lot of what we have talked about, the defense in general overall, I think a lot of it is just what we're seeing on social media and it's just kind of burning into our brains because you look at the Raiders game and if you go back and watch and, you know, chart some things, they only dropped eight into coverage a handful of times. And I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying how this is getting ridiculous, that they, they're they consistently doing this, they're still doing this, when in fact they really didn't against the Raiders. And a lot of the time you saw, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the same argument with Justin Houston. And, you know, I'm, I still think that they are dropping him into coverage way too often. In fact, he's dropping into coverage about 25% of the time, even after the Raiders game as a whole on the season. And then you look at guys like uh, Vaughn Miller, Khalil Mack, who are uh, rushing the passer in the mid-90 percentile. And yet we've, we've heard about how Houston has been very quiet uh, hasn't been as good. I've even seen people say that Houston has looked like crap. And I'm sorry, but that just blows my mind. While I think that he has been a little more quiet, I, I definitely do not think that he has played like crap at, by any means. Um, in fact, he's still getting 
close to the amount of pressures that guys like Miller and Mack are getting with a lot less pass rushing snaps. And so they didn't they didn't drop eight nearly as much as a lot of people are saying they did. Uh, like I said, I, I counted about five, maybe six times that they dropped eight into coverage. You saw you did see a lot of Justin Houston uh, playing a little bit of contain against uh, Derek Carr, but a lot of those, what I noticed was Justin Houston. I mean, Justin Houston has amazing vision and recognizing the play. And he knows when Derek Carr is going to throw it right away. He knows from watching all the film, he knows Derek Carr. He knows the Raiders like to get the ball out of Carr's hands within anywhere from 1.5 seconds to 2 seconds, which is absolutely insane. And if you expect Justin Houston to get to Derek Carr and get the sack in 2 seconds, that's asking quite a lot. There's There's really no... Hardly ever will you see even elite pass rushers get there in that amount of time unless something just completely blows up on the offensive side of the ball. But Justin Houston was actually right there on a lot of plays, and if the secondary would have held enough time to force Carr to go into his second read even, Houston could have had multiple sacks this game. So Houston's playing fine. I don't think... I think that... What I said in the last podcast about him not looking the same as he's we're really just seeing him bull rush. We're not seeing the the spin moves and the you know, just all, all the different moves that he usually brings to the table outside of the bull rush. So I wonder if the injury late in the game against Houston is still bugging him. Uh I know that they said it was muscle spasms. I don't know what all that entails, but um that could be an issue and they're trying to kind of keep it under the rug and, you know, basically not let the world know, not let other teams know and kind of trying to hide it. So they may be trying to drop him a little more often still for that reason. Maybe, I don't know, but Houston's fine. Um, another thing that I talked about was Bob Sutton. You know, I, I still think it's completely overblown. In fact, after watching the All-22, I can see even more so how it's overblown. But I also see some stuff that Bob Sutton did that I would like to see changed. And most of that is with the safeties. Okay? With Eric Berry out, Eric Berry is probably the most versatile safety that the Chiefs have had. Especially in recent time. And I think that he's one of the most versatile safeties in the NFL. And I'm going to be writing an article about this for uh, Saturday over on Arrowhead Addict to really go deep dive into that. So I'm not going to get too involved talking about Eric Berry because I want you guys to go over and read that. Um, But I didn't like how Bob Sutton placed his safeties in this game against the Raiders because... A lot of times we saw Parker up on the line of scrimmage and playing man coverage. You had Daniel Sorensen up top, single safety high. I don't like it. I really don't. And then you saw Murray going up against Cook most of the night. And those are those are three things I really don't care to see. I think Parker is your best deep safety. I think that he, he is the best uh, last line of defense 
for this team. I think that putting Daniel Sorensen back there in a single high is just absolutely ridiculous. I, I think that we, we've seen enough of how that can cause problems. We've seen it where he either doesn't get there in time to help over the top or a missed tackle. Uh, you know, it. I, I want to see Parker back up top if they play a single high. And I think that Daniel Sorensen, while he does have his, I'm you know, I'm not going to sit here and just trash on the guy, but like I said, I don't like him being the last line of defense. Too many missed tackles, uh, not getting there in time. I just think that that's better suited for Parker. And Sorensen's more of the kind of what Barry's known for, uh, being that kind of uh, move-around pickoff guy. Uh, not really... I, I can deal with him being in a two-safety high coverage, but not in single. Um, I also don't want to see him in the in the uh, front seven unless he is blitzing or picking up a guy to cover. Because uh, we've seen it in the run game, him just get pushed out from you know time and time after again. And he's made some really good plays this season. But once again, these safeties are not as versatile as... You know, when Barry got diagnosed with cancer in 2014, where you had three pretty versatile guys. And you had Abdullah, uh, Branch, and Parker, who were all pretty versatile and could move around. And while I know that Bob Sutton likes having versatile safeties to be able to move around and confuse the quarterback, I don't think he could do it as well with this group. Um, Eric Murray had a really bad game. I'm not ready to give up on him yet and call him trash or anything like that where I've seen on Twitter and stuff like that. But I think that he can turn it around this game. I don't think that there is nearly as big of a threat in this game for Eric Murray when it comes to the tight end position. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm waiting to see how much we'll see him in this game. Because, you know, against the Steelers, he only had 13 snaps. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. But I want to see Parker back at the top of the defense and be that last line of defense. I think he's the best guy for for it. I think that uh, he has the be- most experience doing it and he has the best recognition and knowing where to be. You know, we saw Murray get burned when he was, you know, up high in zone coverage when uh, Mari Cooper came across the middle and Murray failed to pick him up. And then after that, which was already a bad play, made it even worse when he took a bad angle to go after Cooper and Cooper took it for a touchdown. Um, But that's really my only concern when it comes to Bob Sutton. I think I'm going to say once again, I think that saying that we need to fire the coach who's brought you a defense that's carried your team the last three years. And now that it's struggling a little bit, we need to fire him mid season. I think you guys are absolutely insane. Uh, I don't know who you're going to bring in at this point in the season. I don't know anyone who's going to change a defensive scheme mid-season, especially when you're already 5-2 and two and going into your lighter half of the schedule. So I think that you know we all just need to kind of take a step back. Uh, I think you guys need to go watch some film because some of the stuff that I have been seeing and when I'm arguing these points on Twitter – some of your guys' responses, I really question if you've watched more than just the broadcast. Um, I talked with Kyle about how I think that our eyes are deceiving us. Um, you see Terrence Mitchell 
a lot. And like I said, Terrence Mitchell is similar to Marcus Peters' play style. He's very physical. Uh, he makes a play for the ball, and he's going to get burned from time to time. And, and we saw that against the Raiders. But something you have to understand, and I've stated this before and you know, a few weeks ago, Terrence Mitchell was targeted 15 times. I don't care what corner you put on the field at that position. If he's targeted 15 times, he's going to give up some plays. And it's just like Marcus Peters. If, you know, he'll have his big plays, but he'll also give up some big plays. And we're okay with that with Peters. And he's proven himself to be good enough to make more big plays than let go of big plays. And I think that Terrence Mitchell has gotten a lot of overblown criticism. Um, he did give up some big plays, but I mean, you look at some of the pretty much all of the big plays by the Raiders. None of those were schematic. Um, you know, I talked about the Murray one. You have the first touchdown to Cooper, which whether you wanted to say that it was, uh, you know, Terrence Mitchell tripped or, you know, they tripped up you know, whatever, or if you want to say that Amari Cooper pushed him down, it, it's still not on Bob Sutton for that touchdown. And a lot of the night, Cooper was bracketed, but the bracketing failed. There was one over the middle in that last drive by the Raiders, uh, that deep one to Cooper over the middle, where Sorensen was bracketing Cooper, and before Cooper even got close to him, he turned around to go deeper, and left Cooper wide open. And so I think that I think that it's not the schematics. It was just a ton of just guys not doing the jobs or getting their job done. We saw too many missed tackles like we've seen in weeks past. The tackling is a major problem, and that's something that we do miss from Eric Berry was our best tackler. That last guy who could stop a 10-yard play from becoming a 20, 30, 40, 50-yard play. You know, I'm tired of seeing these missed tackles. Um, we're seeing uh, Philip Gaines and uh, Terrence Mitchell get targeted way too often. Um, which brings me to a point that we might be able to see Steven Nelson come in and play in this game. I don't know if they will want to bring him in or wait, uh, considering that the Denver offense is not as high caliber as we have played all season. And I will say that to any offense that we've played this season, honestly. I think that every offense that we have faced in seven weeks is better than the Broncos offense. So, um, but it is possible since we play on Monday night that Steven Nelson could make an appearance. Um, I don't know if they will do so or if they will cycle him in and out. I don't know. Uh, that will probably be a game time decision, but I wouldn't get my hopes up on it. We've seen guys that are ready to come back or at least uh, available to come back and not come back right away. You know, we still haven't seen Parker Anger, which is the main one. Um, but I think that Terrence Mitchell gets a lot of the criticism because you see him so often. And when you're targeted 15 times, you're going to give up some plays. 
And so you guys are, it, it feels like it's just a constant thing that Terrence Mitchell is getting burned when really he only got burned a couple times. And he actually made some pretty good plays as well. He's, you know, he's not giving up, you know, 15 receptions on those 15 targets. We saw a, a, at least one pass deflection. Uh, but when I go back and watch, I think that Terrence Mitchell is doing just fine. I think that uh, definitely having Eric Berry in that game, I think Chiefs win by a decent margin, honestly. Uh, I think that he's way better suited to play against uh, Cook. And I think that the overall secondary is better whenever Barry is on the field. And that includes Marcus Peters, who I don't agree with the call on the hit to Derek Carr. I think that um, I don't think it was quite necessary, but Carr was a runner. Okay. So it was a legal hit, but it got moved out. And then he had another big penalty draping himself over Cooper when him and Parker were right there. It was not going to be a catch. Gets him down to the three-yard line. Um, I think that his coverage has been fine, but he has had quite a bit of penalties over the last few weeks. And I don't know if that's part of the leadership that's not there without Barry on the field. But uh, I think that the defensive line did a pretty good job. Uh, Like I said, the Raiders offense got the ball out very quickly, as they usually do. That's what the Raiders offense likes to do, and that's how... Carr is so successful is those quick first to second reads getting the ball out in less than two seconds so going into the Broncos game like I said this offense is nothing that we have faced prior I think that every offense we faced prior to this has been much better than the Broncos offense and we're seeing what we're seeing Trevor Simeon as Trevor Simeon right now Um, you know it seems like the first couple weeks uh, this season and last season, you know, everyone gets hyped up on Trevor Simeon and he's looking great, fantastic when they're at home. Then you get some road games in there and you get further into the season and you start seeing Trevor Simeon do Trevor Simeon things. And you start seeing him be less accurate, uh, turning over the ball. He has seven interceptions on the year. Um, but he, he, I think that especially since... Emmanuel Sanders might not be in this game. Uh, he was practicing with the trainer on Thursday night, uh, but I don't know. I'm, I'm sure that'll be another game-time decision. And that's a huge factor playing the Broncos. Emmanuel Sanders is the guy that really gives the Chiefs defense problems because you look at Thomas, and while he's a good receiver, he matches up. Basically, Peters or Mitchell pick pick whichever one you want, match up really well over Thomas just because Thomas is not that speed guy that is going to create big separation. He's going to be a guy that wins at the catch point, which is something that Mitchell and Peters do very well at at defending at the catch point, getting in there. So Sanders is usually the problem. And if Sanders isn't there, the Chiefs or the yeah Chiefs defense can focus primarily on Thomas and bracket at him. And basically just take him out of the equation. And that that Denver offense is looking a lot less scary. Um, You know, the first few games of the season, the Broncos rushing game looked really solid, was in the top five. Um, But it has digressed. Um, Nothing too 
too much to worry about. Anderson has looked okay. Jamal's getting very limited carries. I wonder if Jamal Charles is going to get more carries this game, being against his old team. And just real quick on Jamal Charles, I get that some of you don't like what he said when he left Kansas City, uh, but I look at it this way. The Chiefs cut Charles. Charles didn't walk away. He was cut, fired from his job. He was then offered a job by the Denver Broncos. So yes, he is going to say that he is excited to play for Denver. And he grew up as a Denver fan. As a kid, he rooted for the Broncos. So him even saying that he's always wanted to play for the Broncos is not bad and hurtful to me. Okay? If I get cut by my job, if I get fired or whatever, and I go to another job in the same industry and they offer me a job, of course I'm going to say, you know, thank you to this company for giving me this opportunity. I'm going to say really nice things about the company. Uh, I'm going to be excited about it. Someone's giving me an opportunity to continue to do what I like to do. That's all he did. So, Come Monday night, I know it's going to happen. I know there's going to be a ton of fans booing Jamal Charles, and that really upsets me. It, it's disappointing. This is a guy that's going to be in the Chiefs' ring of honor. And it's a guy that brought a lot of hope for Chiefs fans and a lot of great play for the Chiefs over the years that he was here. And to sit here and boo him because the Chiefs decided to release him and he took a job elsewhere whether that be in the division or not it does not it is not it does not warrant booing so i am definitely not looking forward to that part of the game but looking at the broncos offense they are ranked 24th in points per game with 18 they are tied for 28th in red zone touchdown percentage at 14 42.9% Tied for 25th in giveaways with 12. 29th in turnover margin with negative 8. This offense has severely struggled, especially the last three weeks. They couldn't get it done against the Giants, only scoring 10 points. Gave the Giants their first win. They went to to Los Angeles to play the division rival, the Chargers. Gave them their first win at home and their third consecutive win getting shut out okay that's where i kind of you you want to look at this and be very you know okay yeah they're not very good at the same time not getting too cocky because their backs are against the wall just like the last two teams we've faced so um i am interested to see how this chief chief's offense works against one of the best if not the best defense in the nfl um i don't think that kareem hunt's going to be able to run it up the middle like he has in weeks past uh the broncos took care of some interior line on the defensive side and they've done really well up to this point the defense has looked pretty good even against the run which was a issue for them last year so i don't think that he'll be a huge uh, a running threat. I think that he'll still have a decent day, but I think that 
most of his money will be come in the passing game. I think you'll see him be utilized more. I hope to God we see Travis Kelsey utilized more and be a big part of this game plan because that is exactly how you beat the Denver Broncos is throwing to Travis Kelsey. We've seen it last year, especially in the Christmas game, which was my favorite game all time to go to. I was at the the Christmas night game against the Broncos and my uh, father-in-law and I were about 19 rows back on the 35-yard line, and it was just a great night, fantastic. Um, but you're you're looking at it, and you're going up against the best defense against one of the best offenses, and I it's still weird hearing myself say that. But the Chiefs' points per game, 29.6, ranked second in the league. Yards per game, 392.4, ranked third in the NFL. Rushing and passing, we rank in fifth. Interceptions, zero. That's my boy, Smith. The fact that he has thrown 15 touchdowns and zero interceptions through seven games is phenomenal. He threw 15 touchdowns all of last year in 15 games and had eight interceptions. So red zone touchdown percentage, 57.1%, tied for ninth place. That was something that we severely struggled with last year. Uh, something to note at that time, the Broncos' red zone touchdown percentage is 42.9, tied for 28th. So where where do the Chiefs usually, not last game, but usually make big plays? It's in the red zone. So that'll be something to keep an eye on as well. Uh, giveaways, only one. The very first offensive play of the season against the New England Patriots when Kareem Hunt took his first snap and fumbled. That was the last time the Chiefs offense gave up the ball. The Broncos have given up 12 times tied for 25th in the NFL. So I think that we will see Travis Kelsey be a bigger part of the game plan, or I swear I am going to have to go down and talk to Andy Reid myself. Um, that's the best way to beat this defense. Uh, outside of that, probably uh, Kareem Hunt in the passing game. Uh, a lot of check down stuff. We'll probably see a lot of that. Um, I'm interested to see how Demarcus Robinson looks. Uh, I thought he did really well against the Steelers and the Raiders. Um, the Steelers, he only had one reception, but when I went back and watched the film, he was getting off his guy very quickly. Uh, he looked really good last week. So I want to see him take the next step and go against one of the best secondaries, if not the best, in the league and keep making plays. And I know a lot of people are really excited about him. This is my test for him. I am excited for him, but I have to see it against a really good defense and a really good secondary. So that's something that I really want to watch. Keep an eye out to see if Mitch Morse and LDT play this game. Uh, it is possible for them both to be back, which would be very huge uh, against this Broncos pass rush that has been phenomenal. Um, Von Miller has, I think, seven sacks on the season. Um, they've kind of moved around their outside linebacker on the other side. I don't, I, I can't remember if it's still, um, I can't even remember his name right now, but I will be interested to watch the offensive line. How will Alex Smith and the chiefs offense be able to move the ball with Von Miller coming at him? Um, how will they go about attacking this defense who is one of you know known as the no fly zone and who is 
bolstered up their interior lines so the run game will be a little bit harder as well. But overall, I'm not as concerned. I know I said that last week, but we're looking at an offense that is having a really big struggle. And while our defense has shown some real big struggles as well, I have a lot more confidence in our defense than I do this Broncos offense. Um, so that is all I got for you guys today. Uh, just keep in mind, you know, maybe go back and watch the game once or twice after the broadcast before you start uh, talking too much smack on Twitter. Uh, you might see that you missed a lot of stuff or you just didn't pay attention as much the first time around. But I think that the Chiefs should win this game, go move advance to 6-2, and two, and put the Broncos in the rearview mirror for pretty much good. Um, the Broncos have us Monday night. They play New England and Philadelphia in the next two weeks after that. So I expect them to take a plummet. And I think that the Raiders will make a little bit of a comeback. But like I said, the rest of the division has some very tough streaks coming up while the Chiefs move into their easier part of the season. So I will talk to you guys after the game on Monday night. I will be recording. Uh, it's going to be, I'm going to try and do as much as I can. It'll be an immediate reaction. Uh, I'll have to record that and do an article over on Arrowhead Addict. And speaking of Arrowhead Addict, make sure to go over there on Saturday to check out my article on Eric Berry and what he means to this defense and uh, how much are the Chiefs really missing him. So go check that out. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Another Screenplay Chiefs podcast over on Blog Talk Radio, and I will talk to you guys next time.